But um, for those who don't know, who is D. Michael Brooks? So, so yeah, I'm actually, man, occupationally, I'm a health coach. Okay. Um, and, and, that's, and that's really what I do. Um, and that's really the, the foundation of who I am as a person. But what got me to this point was the cannabis industry and, and more specifically cultivating cannabis and learning about cannabis. So I've been in the industry since, since early 2003. Um, working uh, under, you know, Prop 215, multiple cultivation sites, uh, went, went through a horrible experience with a um, now defunct police organization called Slednet, um, went through civil asset forfeiture in 2007, managed to come back in the industry. Most recently, I was in Maine as an owner operator um, and exited in 2019. And really, I've just been really focused on, 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 on a different path for myself. But unfortunately, North Carolina is, is poised to pass some legislation and, and being in the industry for as, as long as I ain't, have been, I, I really understand the legislation. Um, and it's, it's just a horrible bit of legislation that's really designed to monopolize the system. And, and it really takes advantage of North Carolinians and, and those who actually need cannabis. So um, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to, to get on your platform today and, and really kind of not only discuss this bill, but how in just in general, it relates to the overall flawedness that is the commercialization of cannabis. Correct, correct. And I know we have spoke about this previously offline before, but let's get into um, um, SB 711. And what are some, what, first off, for those who don't know what that is, what is, what is, that, what is that bill? And why do you feel like it's, it's, it's flawed as it is? Yeah, so, so SB stands for Senate Bill 711. Um, and it is is really what we're calling the most restrictive medical marijuana legislation in the country. Um, and, and by restrictive, you know, we're, we're talking about what qualifies you as a patient. Um, we're also talking about the, the opportunities given to 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 small businesses within the state. Um, there'll be zero. Um, you know, there, there there is no creation of social equity. There is no intent to in this in this legislation. This this legislation doesn't even mention the word social equity anywhere in the legislation, and and it's really just like it's a design to 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 funnel money from people who need cannabis as medicine right into the pockets of corporations and their political sponsors. Um, and that's what we're trying to, to, to raise awareness about and what's going on here. Yeah, you know, and, and this is something that's going on across the, the, the country where you have MSOs and you have big businesses and you have even, even politicians all in pocket together who are not necessarily working for the good of the people who necessarily would need it. We're seeing that situation even happen in a lot of ways in Georgia right now. Um, so with SB 711, what do you feel like can be done to even, well, is there anything that can be done to even alter what's going on right now as far as, like you say, the, there's, a, there's no mention of social equity. Yeah. It's almost pushing out any kind of small businesses and it's, and it's super friendly to MSOs. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you, know, you know, really what we're trying to do, um, you know, myself and some other individuals in the state is, is really get on, you know, platforms that, that have reach and a voice and really just let people know and educate them on the bill. And then, you know, in the hopes that they can share the word, because, you know, once again, politics in North Carolina, the, the state has been gerrymandered um, in such a way that internally the politicians don't really have to listen to us anymore. 
um, especially those high up that are actually capable of making the decisions and, and pulling the strings. Um, so, so we as voters, we're really without a say in this. So just to give you an example, the North Carolina General Assembly right now, they're, they're on break. They're, they're not even technically meeting at all. They're, they're out campaigning, yet we know that they've scheduled a vote to happen within a week upon their return uh, to session, which will happen May 18th. So, you know, how, how are we even discussing, you know, bringing forth legislation like this with, without even the voters having any input or say in the situation? It's, 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 it's quite questionable, honestly. Yeah. And North Carolina is a primary G, um, um, Republican run state. What is what are Democrats doing to to kind of combat this situation? And are Democrats even even fighting for it? I often feel like to me, I'm watching politicians now. They're both kicking the ball back and forth as far as how to handle um, cannabis, like cannabis in, in, the, in their states. And I don't feel like either either party is really fully involved. But what's going on in, in, in North Carolina as far as the Democrats? I mean, how are they fighting back or are they fighting back against this? Well, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what's unfortunate is is this bill has bipartisan support by and large, mm. just because I think a lot of the legislatures think we're so far behind the rest of the nation in 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 just anything progressive, right? So so some of the Democrats actually support this, um, and and that's you know the, the other thing you know we're, we're trying to spread the message is is so those guys can hear us and hear why it's wrong, right? So and and, and we'll use social equity as as a great example, right? Because because the blue team likes to wave that flag. And, and, and quite honestly, they need that vote by and large when they get reelected. Yes. So, so you know, what I'm going to say is, is, is difficult for me to say in a lot of regards, but it's, it's how we have to view. I think it's important for us to view social equity through this lens, right? We, we talk a lot about the criminal justice reform and, 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 and how cannabis has been weaponized to, to oppress you know, minority communities, and it is horrible. But especially here in the South, man, where, where, where we were founded as a country based on forced labor, right? The enslavement of Africans. Yes. And so for, and, and, and by and large, you know, over 85% of those enslaved were used in an agricultural manner. They were on plantations, they were growing cotton, they were growing tobacco, you know, rice, tea, et cetera. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we need to be aware of these sins. And not only that, we need to make amends in some regard. So for our legislatures to, to, to open a new economic opportunity that is agricultural based, right? That's what the cannabis industry is and not include, you know, minority support and, 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 and the descendants of those enslaved. It's, it's almost, it's, it's either the most atrocious oversight or we have to admit our government is just designed to oppress people. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely a purposeful thing. You know, when we, when we were talking again before way offline, like months ago about this, the worst thing I thought about when you mentioned, um, when you mentioned some of the government overreach in this bill was the ABC stores, how we have ABC stores, you had ABC stores in North mm -hmm. Carolina. The North Carolina liquor, liquor stores were actually governed by the state. I felt like we were, you were going to walk yourself into that situation when it came to cannabis. Now, am I correct in I'm speaking to this, that this will be a government control situation? It'd almost be like you'd have no, that's the main reason why you'd have no small businesses. This would be a government control situation. Yeah, it's really just, it, it's a really just a true partnership between mm -hmm. these, these 10 license holders, right? So the legislation is only going to allow for 
10 corporations to hold a license. And each one of those licenses is allowed four dispensaries. So we're talking 40 dispensaries total. Um, but yeah, so that really allows those MSOs in our government to form a, a partnership to really oversee how all of medical marijuana can get served or, or supplied to the people, right? Because, uh, I mean, that's, that's all they're, they're caring about is, is how they can control and manipulate the supply chain to where all the revenue is, is getting funneled back through the system. Um, and that's, that's where it is. And, and, and will that lead to the creation of an ABC board? I feel confident that's the, that's, that's, that's the long-term game plan, right? Yeah. That's, and that, that would be ugly. You know, like, I mean, again, that, that, I don't live in North Carolina anymore, so I don't want to speak, I don't want to speak um, out of turn, but I feel like that would be an ugly turn. You know, you're definitely taking any kind of power out of, out of the hands of the people. And when we talk about funneling money, why are we not funneling money that would be back into these communities that were that were overly affected by what was going on? You know, why are we not seeing um, 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 just more of that being reinvested into the community? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and listen, we can justify it in a million different ways, right? In North Carolina, we don't fund Medicaid expansion because it's too big for our budget, right? That's yeah. that's the argument. Well, now we got medical marijuana taxes money coming in. Why don't we just expand, right? Medicaid, right? I mean, just little simple things like that could do could do worlds of good in in, in especially in these rural and underserved communities, right? Yeah. But they don't even want it that way. They, they just want to suck up the money. And, and here's, here's, the, here's the best part is, by and large, a lot of the money is going into the University of North Carolina um, so they can do research okay. on what type of cannabis and cannabinoids can be used in, in medical research. So and, and for medical purposes, like patentable medical purposes. So what a pharmaceutical company would want. Yeah, so, so now they're going to take the tax money, <laughs> give it to the university system that they control, yeah. right? It's, this, it's a state-run university system to come up with empirical evidence to resell to the pharmaceutical companies down the road. And that's how they keep the big corporations in power that keep them in power. And they just keep on sucking the life out of all of us. And this is going this is going on in front of the people. And that's what aggravates me the most when you see mm -hmm. some of these bills. And that's what turns me off even when it comes to politics. These are happening in front of people. And I feel like sometimes we get so blinded at we get so blinded by presidential elections that you don't realize how much more important you need to pay attention to local elections and the things that's going on on your local on, on in your in your communities like these are people who actually run your business i never seen a time when i thought i had to call the ceo about my job i would call my manager imagine that these people are your managers <laughs> like like you could but you could elect and get out the, you could you could elect and unelect your managers that's how people need to start viewing politics because this is all politics as usual that's going on in north carolina to me yeah yeah they've they've been playing this game for for, for quite a while you yeah. know they've they've like I said, the whole system is designed for the success of, of a certain group of people. Yeah. And that's the reality. Right. And, 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 you know, even as we, you know, progress and, and, you know, move further and further away from, from these, you know, horrors that we, we committed, uh, you know, as, as a nation, and yet we still, has it really changed? Ex right. Are we really growing or are we just rebranding it consistently? We definitely rebranded through when it, calling it the prison industrial system. We, we yeah. definitely rebranded on um, that free labor. But um, let's go. Uh, let's jump into another subject, man. Um, let's yeah. talk about safe banking. 
Um, safe baking is a conversation that's been happening to a lot of been happening in the industry a lot, as well as the more ads. Um, I want to get your takes on both of those things. Like, what's your take on safe banking and what's your take on the MORE Act in itself? Do you feel like that's something that could that actually has any optimism as far as passing through the Senate and becoming a law here in the country? Yeah, well, well, let me let me start with the safe banking act, because okay. that one actually has passed the House. Right. Mm-hmm. So so oh, what the safe banking act really is, is it it's it, it's going to if, if, if it passes, it will effectively end the 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 advancement of legalization and and the reason for that is these these companies these these large corporations these multi-state operators really safe banking affects them the greatest right it allows them these companies that already can do banking quite frankly it allows them to 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 be able to do banking with the security and the cheapness of of what normal banking can be right of just a normal cpg business so it allows them to make more money, but then they don't need legalization to continue because their business model is based around government control and limited licenses. So if, if it were to ever legalize and we were allowed to just all participate, it would definitely affect them. And so 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 safe banking is really just this this it's a poison pill, just bad idea that people think because 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 people of color have a hard time you know, getting funding, safe banking is going to help that. And that's, you, you can't get funding in anything you do, right? The banking industry is notoriously, you know, subjective in, in that regard. So, yeah. so how is safe banking actually going to help, you know, you know, people of color and minorities actually obtain funding? Just, it's not. Yes. You know, and um, going back to North Carolina, I know you mentioned that there are going to be four licenses. Like you said, a maximum of 10. Have they mentioned no. who the four first four licenses are going to go to? Uh, no, so, so it's four licenses total, and each license can hold four storefronts, so four okay. dispensaries, so 40 dispensaries. And so, so just to give you a, an idea, North Carolina has 100 counties, right? Mm-hmm. That's how big the state is. For, it's 100 counties. How is 40 dispensaries going to serve 100 counties? Yeah. Right. I mean, that just it, the math doesn't make sense. Um, but once again, right, it's this system of control. Right. People who live in these areas will have access to medicine. People who live in these areas will not. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and I mean, it's, it continues. Right. And it goes back to, to, to what's the decriminalization situation going on? You know, because, again, if, if this place is OK for me to go, would I be able to go and purchase and be able to safely come back to where I'm at? Like, is that even a situation yeah. still going yeah. on in, in North Carolina where decriminalization is becoming a bigger conversation? Not, not at all. Not at all. The word decriminalization doesn't isn't mentioned one time in SB 711. And actually, SB 711 actually creates more codes for they, them to add to the law to actually make more marijuana crimes into crimes. So it would actually add additional criminal components to the marijuana industry, okay. right? If you, if you were participating without being a licensed, for example, right, the penalty increases now. So we're not even using it for any form of decriminalization. Um, we're using it strictly as a, a monetary system, like a, you know, an economic vertical for these privileged few donor class companies. So basically nothing changes, like especially if you're working on, on, on the, the legacy side of the, the, the game, mm-hmm. you basically are still in the same limbo you've been in for decades. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then let's, let's even move past the legacy market. Let's talk about, you know, North Carolina and, and their hemp 
production, right? The CBD industry mm. here, which is, which is, you know, always, I think by and large part, those guys assumed that was their gateway to medical marijuana, right? Participating in this cannabis industry that's very much health and wellness related, mm. and we'll be able to make that leap to medical, right? So there's, there's 1900 hemp farmers in the state of North Carolina. There's, there's over 400 retail storefronts Right. And and they're all going to get cut out. Right. They, you, you, you have no access. There is no barrier to entry for you to, to come in from that industry into this. Right. It's mm-hmm. 10 licenses only $50,000. Right. And, and we've already predetermined. They've, so they've written in the language that you have to work in the cannabis industry for five years and be a resident of North Carolina for two. And that effectively eliminates all the residents in North Carolina because who mm. in North Carolina is living here who's also been involved for yeah, five exactly. years. <laughs> and so that's how they set it up. And they go, well, no one in North Carolina qualified. So these companies who've been working in these other states, mm-hmm. they're the most qualified. So yeah. it's really like, how can you undermine the farmers even, right? That's, that's how greedy the, the system has become right? Uh, we're a farming nation. I mean, I, we talked about that at the beginning, right? That agricultural, that's what America does. And we're even cutting out farmers. Yeah, it's definitely a greed situation. And, and, and this is why we need to have conversations like this. We need to amplify them. Like the, the CBD hemp stores that are, in, that are in North Carolina, people who are still working in the legacy side, people who are just even interested in seeing this, this program grow, all need to be, be stating up and using their voice to say, SB 711 not only doesn't work, it doesn't make sense. And two, when are we going to ever have a control? Why would we ever allow the government to just simply control this, 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 this market? We need to stand up. They need to stand up and make the, and make voices known. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, you know, I think it's, you know, it's a great microcosm of, of just America in general, right? If, if you follow the cannabis industry and you, and, and, you know, clearly, clearly you do, you know, I do a little bit, um, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's so head scratching, but then you look at it, it totally relates. Right. So, so, you know, they're limiting these, these medical conditions, right. That, that qualify like extremely limiting, you know, qualifications where, where people with glaucoma wouldn't qualify or people with anxiety or depression wouldn't qualify, which, you know, how, how can, how can our legislatures make decisions based on your medical condition is, is real and yours isn't, or this and that. And if, you look at it. I mean, that's what they're doing with with vaccinations. Like they're just trying to like they uh, they're manipulating the system on so many levels, right? Yeah, it's definitely a money grab, man. Like I, I'm glad we had a chance to actually have this conversation um, broadcasted and recorded. It's definitely a money grab, and I feel bad for those who are who are going to be on the the the, the um, short end of this stick because. Apparently, this is going to move forward. And but the sad part is, with this, there's still stuff that could be done. There's still stuff that you could, you could, you could do. What can we do in the meantime, right now, to um, amplify our voices, one, and let people know that this is not something we're going to do? And is there any possibility that we could reverse anything? Yeah. So, 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 really, what we what we have to look at, man, is is is, is and it's kind of being played out in Virginia in reverse, right? Mm-hmm. So, what we're hoping is if if this legislation which is likely to pass passes, it, it does have a, a runway up into implementation, right? And as you've seen, right, there's a new election that's going to happen in November. Yes. So that's really what we're sort of banking on is, is that some, some, some positions can change. And then ultimately that bill will get re, re-legislated out. 
sort of like the, the governor's doing in reverse in Virginia, like mm-hmm. cutting out big chunks of, of the, the previous bill. Um, so that's really where we're, where, where we're looking at, man. And, and just having people, right, we're, we're hoping some national cannabis media pick up the story, yeah. right, start, start allowing these politicians to know that people on the outside are looking um, and really just the industry have a voice. Like, are we there yet? Can we, can we actually make these changes as an industry? Or are we are we still just going to let politicians rig the game with these with these handful of operators? That's really all it is, right? Yeah. These MSOs, how many of them? Like, there's like 15 of them. That's it. Yes. Well, Mike, I hope this doesn't happen. Um, if there's any way that people can help, can um, come um, show their support as far as yeah. um, let's 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 make it let's make some new changes. Let's let's introduce some new changes here. How can they do that? Um, share your podcast, right? Share this podcast, I, I think is, 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 is a great way. And then, you know, just, you know, if you live in North Carolina, you know, you have to contact your representative. Like, I mean, it's, you just have to make noise. Um, I wish I had a better answer, but we've been, you know, we've, we've been playing this game for so long, man. They just, they don't listen. They, cause they don't have to. They don't have to. And, <laughs> and that's what's sad, right? So hopefully this new redistricting will come into place after this election. Maybe some things will change. Who knows? Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get some more voices involved, especially a younger generation who understands that they're the ones who are going to lead this yeah. charge going forward. So we definitely need your voice. We definitely need your, your vote to start yeah. to start moving some needles. Uh, Michael, I really appreciate your time. This has been an amazing conversation that has been long one, this long one, long time coming. I appreciate you jumping on with us today. I, I, I thank you so much for having me, man. And, and you know what? There's so much wrong with the cannabis industry. But then again, there's so much right with, yeah. you know, people like you and, and, and creating this platform, you know, that gives a voice to a lot of people and, and, and really educates people and, and takes the conversation to a higher level. And, 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 you know, thank you for what you do. No problem. Thank you again, man. And that's it is Cash Color Cannabis, a higher level of conversation.